Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are now uh, under two weeks to the trade deadline, and we had all-star starters named this week. All things we're going to hit on with our next guest. You can catch him on SiriusXM's NBA radio, Gerald Brown. Good enough to make a return appearance with us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, Gerald? Jody Mag, it's always a pleasure, man. When I talk to you, I know two things. I know horse racing in New York in the tri-state area is not too far away, and baseball is right around the corner. Hopefully. Well, cr- cross your fingers on the baseball thing because, uh, yeah, we need to get a collective bargaining agreement in place before we get that. But uh, you and I certainly both rooting for that. And yeah, thanks for reminding me. I bet I lost money playing the horses today. But that's okay. Uh, they'll, they'll line them up and they'll go again tomorrow. Um Gerald, uh, they came out with the all-star starters this week, and I give credit mm-hmm. to the fans, the players, the media. They all have a percentage of the vote. Um, I think they got nine out of the ten dead on right. And there's a little question about uh, Wiggins starting for the West, and Andrew is having a really good year. Good enough to be an all-star starter, that's debatable, but he got a massive uh, vote uh, from the fans in the fans' balloting. Uh, you got an issue with that if uh, it's not the perfect starting lineup in an all-star game, or do you take the attitude of, hey, it's an exhibition, it's played for the fans, it doesn't matter in the standings, let them pick whoever they want? No, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't choose to look at it that way because I think clearly these, uh, you know, some players have – incentive clauses in their contract that warrants the fact is that if they make it, they get paid. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, I didn't have a problem with it. I think it was kind of, you know, refreshing. Look, he's, he's a young man that went through so much in terms of when he first got drafted, you know, Cleveland decides to bring LeBron back and ultimately LeBron tells him he doesn't want him and then go through the process of having to wait so many weeks and days before that trade for Kevin Love as a uh, official and and basically have him in limbo. And then he goes out there, and then Jimmy Butler, you know, tells, you know, him along with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, they're not good enough. And so, you know, really, again, he's been cast aside. He's really been a guy that many, many people are labeled a bust. 
And then he goes out to Golden State and he really finds himself in, in an offense that ideally he's a great third or fourth option. So uh, I think it's great that he's rewarded a lot of hard work and um, definitely what he's been able to provide thus far in the first half of the season. Now, you do one of the two Chicago standouts, and the Bulls are having a phenomenal first half. Now, plus, we're well, well not well past, but we're, we're good enough past the halfway point of the season. Uh, they mm-hmm. might be the surprise team, certainly the prize, surprise team in the East, maybe Memphis, the surprise team overall in the NBA. Um, you knew one of their two star players, either uh, DeMar DeRozan or uh, Zach Levine, was going to get a nod. Probably not both. I know Levine's numbers are actually a little bit better, but talk about being clutch and making games, uh, winning shots at the end. DeRozan has been great there, and he's been a great addition to that team. I think they got it right. How about you? Yeah, I think so, too. I think DeMar DeRozan, you know, is another guy that, look, he couldn't get it done in in Toronto, and they they pretty much always had to sort of battle and unfortunately go up against LeBron James and when he was either with Cleveland or Miami, and then he goes to San Antonio and really fits in well and decides to sign with the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, this was a team that really was in a lot of games last season, Jody, but they just didn't have enough, another solid number two scoring option. And the the Bulls did something that they normally don't do, which is, A, bring in a coach that has a, you know, NBA experience and head coaching experience in the NBA and pay him. And then also really delve into the uh, free agent market, you know, with Lonzo Ball along with DeRozan. So I think DeRozan has done very, very well in terms of, uh, you know, what he's been able to do this first uh, first half of the season. Do you have a problem him being voted in as a guard? Because you mentioned they've got Ball and they've got Levine. Um, DeRozan is probably the small forward out of that group, but they actually play a three-guard offense, which there's no rules against. So I had no problem being listed as a guard. Did you? Yeah, you know, I think overall I had a lot of issues with the fact is that, you know, there were certain players that I think – you know, the NBA has become more positionless, so I don't understand why they had to do it this way because the flip side of this is if you look in the bigger picture, look, John Moran has been unbelievable this first half of the season and, you know, what he's been able to accomplish. But how does the Phoenix Suns sit at the top of the of the NBA with the best record in the league overall and they don't have neither Chris Paul or Devin Booker as one of those starters? Now, granted, they're going to make it in there and they're going to be right. voting in. But I thought that was really interesting that neither one of those individuals are a part of those uh, starters, especially when they have the best record in the league. All right. Now, uh, most people who follow the NBA certainly know Chris Paul. He's been around long enough that you've got to read on him, his personality, mm-hmm. what makes him tick. Devin Booker still a re- relatively young superstar in this league. Is he the kind of guy who's going to be able to take this, um, let's say, oversight and use it as a mental advantage, use it as motivation for him to go even more nuts in the second half. I think so. You know, he's been a guy that really last year spoke so much about the late, great Kobe Bryant, really providing him a lot of insight and, and, and information to help fully help him further develop out his game fully to be the player that he is. And I think clearly, you know, look, he'll probably take a little of this as a, as a sort of uh, – Chip add for a little chip on his shoulder, but I think you know what he has done, and you know what Monty Williams has done as the head coach. You know they know that they want to get back to the NBA Finals, 
And uh, I think they don't need any more motivation <laughs> other than that to get back there and win. But make no mistake, he's really going to have something, uh, again, an axe to grind to make sure that maybe the powers that be need to take further notice of what he's been able to do this half of the first half right. of the season. One more all-star question, and then we'll get to the more important stuff, what's actually happening on the court in games that matter with our buddy mm-hmm. Gerald Brown from SiriusXM's NBA uh, radio. Um, the, in case you don't know, the starters uh, on both teams, East is Durant, Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, West is LeBron, uh, Nikola Jokic, and Wiggins. We talked about Steph Curry and John Morant, and Curry and Morant are both having spectacular years, so it was a little bit of a squeeze on the Western All-Stars. We know for a fact LeBron Jay, as Kevin Durant is not going to be back by the All-Star game. He's still going to be out for the Nets. They're hoping to get him back shortly after the All-Star game. LeBron James has now missed three games in a row for the Lakers, and he was uh, sent back by the team as they were on a road trip. They got beat in Atlanta by the Hawks today, sans LeBron. They sent him back to get uh, another MRI on his knee. It's got some pretty good swelling on it. It could be something that keeps him out of the lineup for a while. Don't know if it's going to stretch all the way to the All-Star game. We're going to have to wait and find out. Um, But where are the Lakers at? Without LeBron, they're they're right now clinging to a playoff spot and quite happy with the fact that uh, it's going to go all the way to number 10 this year. you got to get in. You don't want to be in that first-round play in action. And if they get healthy enough, they should be able to get into the top six. But they're not making an assault on the top of the West. At what point do we go, all right, the Lakers may make the playoffs, but they're only along for a ride this year. Yeah, it's 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 really challenging, and I think the key thing that we all looked at this season, well, going into the season, that with this collection of individuals that they had put together, let's make no mistake about it, LeBron James had a major hand in helping, you know, construct this team um, with Rob Palenka and, and, and pretty much the front office. But I think the key thing is going to this season, there were two things that was going to have to happen in order for this team to have a successful run. Um, with it, a lot of age and attrition on this team, was one, Frank Vogel is going to have to monitor LeBron's minutes and really keep him to a point where he will be ready for the playoffs and position him to be a situation where, yeah, he can get you 30 points or so, but is he a guy that can carry a team and close the door in a situation where win games by himself? I don't think that's in his repertoire anymore. And then on top of that, they were going to have to stay healthy in order for LeBron to rest. And we've seen already thus far in this early stages of the season, Anthony Davis has been very hurt. You know, he missed the game last the other night, but he was able to come back last uh, today and play. So it, it's been a myriad of injuries as well as the lack of time on the court together to develop chemistry and cohesion. And I think also, too, with that, they don't have any trade chips, you know, Jody, that a lot of people keep thinking that, you know, listen, they're going to move Russell Westbrook. He's making $44 million this year. He has an option for 47 next year. There's no way in the world, and people keep saying, well, trade him to Houston for John. That's not happening. He, He just came from Houston into the Lakers and stuff, so uh, from Washington, actually. But that's not happening, you know. And some of the pieces that they thought about offering, and I think one of the pieces that they may offer is a first-round pick in 2027. So it's a very, very peculiar place that the Lakers franchise and organization is in that ultimately 
you know, whatever they do this off season or this season right here, I don't think that there'll be a team that's going to be in the playoffs for a long period of time. But I think that they're really going to have to have a long, hard look and a tough decision to make that as, as an organization, how will they move forward in order to sort of better this team long term? Is it a situation where perhaps going to LeBron and doing the unthinkable and say, hey, look, we'll trade you wherever you want to go. He has another year left on his deal. Or is it a situation where it's saying, hey, look, we'll trade Anthony Davis, who will bring back more pieces to help the team long long term. But uh, it doesn't look bright for the Lakers right now, especially the, the, with LeBron dealing with this century. And I know the NBA doesn't feel good about this whole situation, especially with the All-Star game back in Cleveland this year. Uh, it sounds to me, yeah, sorry, LeBron, if you're going back to Cleveland and you're not doing so under uh, tremendous conditions, those are the breaks of the game. Sounds like you and I have about the same evaluation of the Lakers right now. They're not winning diddly squat this year. Uh, don't care if LeBron comes back healthy, AD gets more healthy than it is. They just don't have the pieces. Russell Westbrook was a bad idea and a bad fit. So they should absolutely put any thoughts of doing something to better themselves this year aside. Now, uh, immediately get back into contention next year? Maybe. Probably better advised to go two years down the road with LeBron staying as the piece. Who's the guy who stands up in the room and goes, listen, this is what we're doing. Sorry, LeBron. Uh, we, we, we love you and we need you and we want you and we know how great you are. But we're going to make this decision what's best for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. So hope you can uh, join with us in our moves. Here's what we're going to do. Who's got the gravitas to do that in L.A.? Is there anyone? I don't know as of yet. I mean, it, it might have to be Rob Palenka. I mean, um, look, this is something that people had said, and there was a lot of reports that that's what took place in Miami, where Pat Riley and, and that front office and basically said that, you know what, listen, we're going to move this team in the direction that I feel comfortable doing so and not under LeBron's watch. And thus that led to the friction of him leaving Miami and going back to Cleveland. And LeBron is 37 years old. At some point, they're going to have to start preparing for a life after LeBron. And if they continue down this path right here, it could really have it could have some very, very dire implications to this franchise maybe moving forward three, four years down the road. So I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, Jody, that somebody has to step up and say, hey, look, we're going to do this this way because we did it this way that you wanted to. And it didn't yield us the results that we like. And then, uh, aside from that bubble championship, it really hasn't gone well for them. Very interesting. Gerald Brown, our bud from SiriusXM NBA Radio, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Eastern Conference. The standings say, damn, a lot of teams with a chance. Miami's on top. Chicago half game back. Six is a game and a half. Cleveland a game and a half. Milwaukee a game and a half. Brooklyn Nets uh, going to have to try and just stay afloat and get Durant back. That's a lot of teams in the mix. How important is this trade deadline coming up for the teams in the East, not only to claim their position in the standings for playoff positioning, but then also, most importantly, when the playoffs get there, how how big is this trade deadline going to be for the Eastern Conference? Well, it's going to really it's going to be really interesting and something to must watch. I mean, from the people that I've talked to within the league, they basically said that you probably won't have a lot of star power being moved, but maybe a lot you know lower level players and stuff. But I think look, Miami is pretty much set, and if you look at Miami, 
I would say Chicago, maybe Miami, Chicago, Philly, and definitely Brooklyn and Milwaukee are your sort of front runners, perhaps championship contending to come out of the Eastern Conference. But look, I don't think Brooklyn in this juncture wants to do anything other than the fact is, look, if they play on the road and do not have home court advantage, will that enable them to have Kyrie Irving for the most part on the road as opposed to being at home when they're not going to have them at home? And, you know, the, depending on how the situation with James Harden, like the way it continues to w- work out, you know, he's dealing with his, these injuries right now. There's been rumblings that he's not going to resign. He, you know, Dal Morey of the Philadelphia 76ers is choosing to perhaps instead of moving Ben Simmons, going to wait till this off season to go after James Harden and pair him with Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, depending on how things function, I think, you know, Philly is that team out of all of these teams that really has a tough decision. I mean, do you add stuff pieces to support the MVP type of season that Joel Embiid is having, you know, or do you just sit back and, and hold on to your guns and say, hey, look, we're, we're not going to trade Ben Simmons for just anything. That is a very, very tough dilemma that they're in. And I think Milwaukee is still going to be, you know, a, a, a voice and sort of a force to be reckoned with. You know, they're playing without Brooke Lopez right now, who's been pretty much out for the majority of the uh, first half of the season with that back injury. But they've won before. So they know how to manage the season. You, the key thing is getting everybody healthy. And Giannis and those Buck and the Buck players will go on a run. I think the one out of this all, I think Cleveland. But Cleveland, if they make it to the NBA Finals, you're talking about a franchise on a night and day when you heard about Cincinnati two years removed from being the worst team in the NFL to now in the Super Bowl. Cleveland's kind of, you know, turned the page somewhat in, 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 in that sort of same vein where they're moved on from LeBron James with Evan Mobley, Darius Garland and stuff. And I think for them just to make a playoffs and stuff like that, this is a franchise pointed in the right direction. But um, the jury's still out or maybe just, again, what Philly will do. But I would see, uh, above all, they would be perhaps the most active team, if anything, if they choose to do so um, at this trade deadline. Jared, last thing. Um, We're less than a year from James Harden talking his way out of Houston, didn't want to be there, held out with the beginning of camp. Some people said uh, under-conditioned at times because he didn't worry at all about what games the Rockets were or weren't going to win. And, yeah, he let it be well known that Brooklyn was his number one destination point where he wanted to be traded to. And that's exactly what happened. They had the year that they did, lost the game seven against Milwaukee. But right there, uh, I thought everything was good in James Harden world. But now all the rumors flying that he's not going to pick up the option on his contract and he wants to be uh, moved. And Daryl Morey thinks he can get him in uh, sign and trade for Ben Simmons after the season's over and done with. What the heck went wrong in Brooklyn for James Harden? I think, look, you know what? Maybe he came to his senses, Jody, and look, the fact is that you went from a state of Texas where you paid no taxes and you turned down basically two years, $100 million extension to go to Brooklyn. And now, you know, it's it's a very weird situation for him where he went from being the number one option in Houston to now, in most cases, he's the third option and having to try to fit in and looking at everything that's going on, as well as money-wise, it might make sense for him, at least in his thought process, of saying, I want to go somewhere where I can have a stronger impact 
on trying to win as opposed to in Brooklyn where, you know, just the whole, you know, situation with Kyrie going up and down. He hasn't been relatively healthy. Uh, there's been a whole lot of things going on. But um, it's it's kind of maybe in a sense I look at it as him saying, you know what, I have to make up for the money that I lost, especially from the taxes coming to New York, New York and playing in Brooklyn to leaving that type of money that he left on the extension on the table in Houston. And, um, you know, Dalmore is a team that, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers ideally will probably be one of those teams that can, you know, fit all the criteria that he's looking for, which is a team that has a chance to win a championship, he will play a major role in, and at the same time will be able to create enough salary cap space without destroying their team to be able to support bringing him in and giving him a max contract. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. If the Sixers don't do something before the trade deadline, I know they're going to be unhappy people in Philadelphia. Now they get happy if they get in the playoffs and start winning and beat is playing at this level he is. And if he uh, can get just enough help to try and find ways to win games, they'll be okay. But if Ben Simmons sits out the entire year, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. Gerald, great stuff. Appreciate you coming by, uh, by. Always good to catch up talking hoops with you, my man. Thank you much, and I'll touch base again soon. Likewise, Jody. Always a pleasure. You're the best, and I appreciate you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 